Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Please don't forget to follow Urbanistica on the different social media platforms. And also let's connect on LinkedIn. Big thanks to Urbanistica podcast partner, Avery. Avery is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry, and infrastructure. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. We have a new episode, new storytellers, and I'm looking forward to this episode. I have the pleasure to welcome Mats and Veronica to Urbanistica podcast. Hey, and welcome. Hi. Hi. How are you doing, uh, Veronica? I'm doing great, thank you. I'm enjoying the rain outside. <laughs> It's pouring down. <laughs> how, how are you doing, Mats? Yeah, I'm fine. Um You're also in Stockholm? No, actually, I'm not. Uh, I'm living in uh, Karlstad. Uh, since the pandemic, uh, I choose to move home for a while. Yeah, because the thing that I'm in Stockholm now is like, as in Veronica mentioned, it's like raining outside. And be like, okay, let's see how if it's going to be a super noisy when we record the podcast. But hopefully mm-hmm. now everything is silent. So I'm happy. <laughs> Yeah. So you're our storytellers for this episode. I'm happy that you're here. Let's start with you, Mats. Can you, how would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us about your background, passion. Yes. Hi, I'm Mats. Uh, so I grew up in a small village in the northernmost part of Värmland, uh, in a small uh, village um, with a lot of forest and wildlife uh, that always been like close and present to me. So that's something that I'm um, like, um, the forest has always been a part of my playground as a child. And uh, I've always had this possibility to explore and practice different activities, such as skiing and hiking. And I think that this has strengthened my understanding and awareness of the nature. Uh, and I've always, as long as I can remember, been interested in cities and city planning. And I don't know, but maybe that's because of the lack of city uh, from my childhood uh, has like created this interest. Uh, so I moved to Stockholm to start my education. And uh, so now I'm actually moved back home to Värmland because I realized that I missed the forest and the uh, the more wildlife <laughs> that I'm used to. Yeah. And I can see like you have a plants uh, behind you, like flowers. And so is this your passion, like the nature? Uh, no, like I'm more like a sport person, but like I said, I've always been close to nature and it's a part of me in some way. Yeah. Good to have you here both. So, so Veronica, I'm happy that you are here. Please How would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us about your background, your passion. Uh, okay, yeah, so I am Veronika Jalas. Uh, I was born in Finland and I lived there all my life until I moved to Stockholm five years ago. And I'm studying the fourth year at KTH, KTH Architecture uh, and I'm doing the course called Landscape and Urban. 
Um, and I think I got into architecture because I loved problem solving when I was a child. So I was always doing puzzles and the Sudokus. And then I sort of got interested in how I could solve bigger problems, like when a crossing is in the wrong place of the street or something. Uh, so that's how I got into architecture. That's super interesting. So this is your like, is this your passion, like solving problems? Uh, I would like to say so, yes. So you were divided into groups within different focus area. So what, what has been your focus area? We, we can start with you, Max. Okay, so my group has been focusing on the edge between land and water. And we've been looking at different type, types of edges. And uh, like, for example, different types of soil or if it's moraine, clay and how historically these edges has been changed. Mm, mm. And how, how about your groups, Veronica? Um, our group is focused, was focused on activities and uh, mostly port activities and how the ports were formed and how they have been changed and how they affect the environment and the people living nearby. Yeah, so like, is it more like activities by people or in general, even by like the, the nature, the environment? Uh, it is the activities of the ships leaving the port and the, the activities in the actual port, what you can do there, as well as uh, fishing and uh, yeah, so <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. And I know that you started like out doing a map analysis. So what, what did you discover there? Tell us more. Uh, yeah, so what we discovered when we did the map was that uh, these ports were initially built quite far away from the city center. Like when Stockholm was built, it was just a small part in the middle and the ports were a bit outside of it. And now when the city has been growing, the ports all of a sudden become a part of the city and are really close to people now and they have become interesting areas to study further like how can we change it now and what what changes need to be done to be able to still have the port and uh, live there yeah uh, like it's more about like mixed functions can we call it like this yeah exactly yeah. It's, it's no longer just a place far away where no one sees it and no one like mixes with it it's uh, it's becoming like a really important place because the ports are at the beach edges or like at the edge zone. So people like to go there and then there's a big port in the way. So Yeah, exactly. And and Mats, what did you discover there? Yeah, if we are looking at the edges between land and water, we can see that we have uh, created artificial edges, uh, for example, for port activities. But we also have like a lot of land fillings on uh, several points. If we are looking at Stockholm, for example, um, so we had a lot of uh, artificial meetings between land and water. Of course, these could um, get people closer to the water, but at the same time, these areas are, if they are hard, for example, they they can't handle, for example, polluted water or uh, a lot of storm water, for example, we need more natural uh, edges. And therefore, 
it's important to save these natural edges. Super interesting, uh, Mats. So, Veronica, looking back historically, like how was the relationship between human practices and the landscape in relation to your topic? You mentioned a bit that it was like a port and then city far away, but now it's like almost coming together. So what's happening? Uh, Yeah, initially, like the ports were small areas in the city, like one boat coming in with fish. And then there was a big marketplace and people enjoyed going there. And it was a place of socializing and like spending time with people and just going out buying everything you need. But then the boats got bigger and the ports got bigger and then they moved to the outskirts of town. And now there is no social activity connected to it. You only go there if you're going to travel by boat or if you work in the port. So it's been a big change. Yeah, I, exactly. Like how you tell the story is like a, been a big change. So, so Mats, how do you imagine the future and why? Well, it's hard to say how it would turn out, but we see these changes in cities where we built new environments for humans, residential areas. Uh, and I think it's uh, important to, to have in mind how we can create more habitats for animals. Uh, like we said, there's a lot of artificial edges, but how can we try to uh, re-transform these edges so uh, species from both water and land can meet because those are species that are very important for the whole uh, biological uh, system Mm. and like now i I guess your focus area is stockholm are we talking about a big part of stockholm that artificial has artificial edges or just you can see there's uh, a pattern where the most central parts of Stockholm has been artificial created by men. Um, but of course, we have industries and the port activities also outside, if you are zooming out and see the whole, the bigger part of Stockholm. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. So Veronica, how about you? How do you imagine the future? Um. I don't know exactly what will happen, but at the moment, uh, we have seen that a lot of these port areas are being planned to become residential areas as well. So there will become some sort of a connection with them. And uh, a lot of changes have to be done with the ports as well to make it work. And we also see that the bigger ports where the goods come in, as We learned in this course, nine out of 10 goods come to Stockholm by boat. So we can't just skip the boat traffic entirely. Uh, But the goods traffic have moved out of the city, uh, big parts of it, at least. And uh, in the future, maybe all the goods will come to another area outside of the city and only the passengers will go by boat from Stockholm. Mm. Do you imagine? Do you imagine that the city will expand? Because now we push the port a kind of far away from the city one more time. Do you imagine that our Stockholm will expand and again we will be close to the port? I think that is a possibility, but also I think in that case 
they will not move the ports anymore because it will just become a occurring problem, reoccurring problem all the time. At some point, some yeah. other yeah. change will have to be made. Exactly. Maybe they then the port will be like far away from the water. Like then there is no point. Yeah. So, like, tell me more about this, the design, Veronica. Like, you, what have you chosen to move forward with in your design project? Uh, yeah, so at the port, we looked a lot at the problems that the boat traffic uh, results in. So there's a lot of water pollution and also a lot of erosion of the edges that are natural. Um, so what I moved on with was uh, the thought that we should have a solution for solving this stormwater uh, pollution that comes into the water from the port and also the pollution that comes into the water from the boat, as well as um, making edges that can actually handle the boat traffic. So moved on with a species that can clean the water from, uh, from pollution. Uh, I've been working with the swan mussel, that's my species, and uh, it can pick up like nitrogen and uh, phosphorus and other particles from the water. It just filters it when it eats its food. Uh, and that actually helps the area very much. And the uh, natural edges that are also harder, for example, you can use gabions, which are like metal net boxes filled with rocks. So the species can still live in between them. So it's not a completely hard edge, but it also can stand erosion. Mm, super interesting. And like this kind of design, is it, like we as a human, are we able to do some activities there? Yes. Uh, in my proposal, the mussel farms, they will be in like these net cage things. <laughs> and uh, they are placed under bridges. So people can walk on the bridges and use them for leisure activities or just spend time. And the gabions used for the edges they can, for example, create an island and have the outer edges with the gabions and then a natural edge on the other side uh, where the boat traffic isn't as, uh, <laughs> okay, where the boats, where the boats don't go. Uh, so it is possible to include the humans. And I think that's basically what this project has been about, making a place where both the humans can benefit as well as other species and not just planning for one or the other. Exactly. This is like the, the, the core of what you do. Uh, really interesting. How about you, Mats? Like, uh, what have you chosen to move forward with in your design projects? Like, t- tell me more about, about the design proposal. So my design proposal is uh, a stormwater channel that connects the uh, city with the water. Uh, we have a site that is uh, mostly uh, built with landfillings. Uh, which can't, of course, uh, handle a lot of stormwater. So a lot of pollutions are directly bringing into the water. So my idea is to connect these areas with stormwater channel. And also, this could be a new park for humans to explore. But also, this could bring a lot of different species uh, into this new area that are being cleaned from pollutions. 
Mm, super interesting. And now, like, I want to, to ask you about something because you're studying architecture, and now what I see, like, more landscaping, plants, and so on. So, Matt, how has this course affected you? I guess as an architecture, you always have this issue where you have different types of stakeholders or interests that you have to solve, for example. And this course, we've been looking at how we can create uh, environments that are good or better for both human and uh, other species. And I think that's something that we in the future also would have to deal with how we can create different public spaces or environments that could be a better place in the future. Exactly. How about you, Veronica? How has this course affected you? Um, in school, we have a pattern of only planning for humans and sometimes bringing in our all the times actually bringing in a little bit of nature in our projects, but we never focus too much on that part. It's mostly for the humans that we plan. And I think this course has shown us that it's really important that we also take into account what we can bring for the animals or, or uh, yeah, uh, how the project can benefit plants and animals and all other species as well. And uh, maybe as an architect, we want to do all that work by ourselves, but it's important that we have someone in a different field that we can discuss this problem with when we're trying to come up with it, a solution. Exactly, because like, even if we're like, if we say we are architects and we know everything, like it's, it's not really the true, we, we don't know like everything. And that's all about like the co-creation that you need the other experts and other people to like to, to help us with, with different uh, expertise. So Veronica, if I ask you what was or what has been the biggest lesson that you learned? Uh, I think that might have been the biggest lesson, actually because we had a big meeting with a lot of experts from different fields. And I think even they realized in that meeting that they should talk more with each other and uh, try to solve the problems. Because uh, I think it's so easy to get stuck in your own bubble and only focus on your own problem. And then you don't think about how that could be connected to another issue going on. So I think better communication between different fields is definitely a key. Super interesting. How about you, Mats? What was or what has been the biggest lesson for you? I agree with Veronica. Uh, I think that we should uh, try to communicate better (laughs) in different fields to try to solve different problems and not only focusing on what you think is the most important. If it's like for an economical interest or if it's a boat port activity or whatever it might be. Um, But also I think the whole studio has been very uh, interesting how we could expand our build environment without disturbing these natural environments that are there today. I'm happy that you share this with with us because in reality we also like facing the same issues that uh, the different departments, the different architects fields are not really talking to each other. 
So I'm I'm really happy to see like the the new generation is going like to communicate extra. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so thank you so much. It was a really great episode, and I would love that we finish this episode with each one of you give us and give the listeners one takeaway message. We can start with you, Mats. Okay. So my advice to you, listener, would be to think about how you affect your environment and your surroundings because it probably would be here longer than us. So what you do today are uh, affecting the future. Thank you, Mats. How about you, Veronica? What is your takeaway message to the listener? My advice would be for anyone working in any field, really, to communicate better with fields that are connected to yours or not connected to yours. Because you never know what the other fields can provide you with information or problem solving or just trying to figure out the solution together. Thank you so much, Veronica. And thank you so much, Mats, for recording this episode. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. You learned something new and also got inspired by the guest. Don't forget to share the episode on your social media and recommend it to people you think they are really interested in this topic. Thank you so much again for giving your valuable time to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif. Keep up the good work. Keep loving cities.